So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Richard O'Shields, and off to my north. I still don't know which way's north in this new place, but over <laughs> that way where it's cold. Jean Victoria Norlock, how are mm. you, Jean? I'm huddled up beside my heaters, between my heaters, actually. I have one on the left, one on the right. Yeah, folks folks missed it during our pre – there was like a sound of wind or something, it seemed like, and, and I said something about it, and she's, I'm not giving up my heater no matter what you say. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I didn't try to come between you and your heat, I promise. I wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit protective of my warmth. Yes. Uh, that, considering I, I choose to live in the mountains of Quebec. But <laughs> there it is. Well, um, uh, it was only, what, minus 17 this morning when you first were preparing to go out? Yeah. Makes me shiver yeah. just thinking about it. And that's Celsius, folks, <sighs> minus 17. That's Celsius. I can tell you what it is right now. I'm not sure. Probably lower than minus 17 now. Hold on. Yeah, I know the answer to this question. Oh, no, it's only minus 11. That we had Warm. A, a chilly day for Phoenix, but a chilly day for Phoenix is is right tropical for Quebec, so I Yeah. You know uh, keep that bitching about the cold thing over there. Yeah, well I, I wasn't gonna complain. <laughs> I, the uh it, it, we have chilly days and it, 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 it means that there's not so much screaming coming from the swimming pool, so that's nice. Quiet. Aww. Although there were kids. Nice. Squealing. Today. Yeah, that's. I was so, just gonna see. I was gonna say, kids screaming at a swimming pool. That's an awesome noise. It is. That's it fun. Is. It's a good noise. It reminds me of that video that we viewed this morning of the little girl in the rain. Yeah. Oh my goodness, she was cute. But um, so we don't want to keep our guests waiting too long, and we don't really have much to banter about, except for maybe the Pope selling his Harley for the, charity. The Pope selling his Harley for the benefit of homeless people in Rome, and uh, and I do want to give a shout-out to my to a Houstonian where I used to live. Um, folks in the United States might be familiar with the school district that um, some official who, you know, it turns out, of course, didn't have permission and the boss didn't want them to do that, but took a bunch, took 40 students' lunches away from them uh, because their parents had pay, hadn't paid the lunch bill, and... Um, so this gentleman stepped up and paid 60 
kids' lunch bills off so that they could not get their lunch taken away. Very, very so, cool. The Pope's selling his Harley. He's got his signature on it. You get a Harley I know. autographed oh, by the well, Pope. If only I had a couple hundred thousand grand. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's certainly that's a one of a kind. That's a showpiece of a lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, you never know the, the, the direction we're going. The next Pope may actually ride his. but Yeah, yeah, right? That's, I think that... I, I think that... Um, it's it's totally in alignment with his character, though, to sell it for charity and, and give the money for charity. And I'm sure that the um, bikers who gave it to him would approve, certainly. Oh, I think so. I think so. The action. So, um, yeah, good for him. Good yeah, for him. Francesco. But you are, you are correct. We have a lovely guest with us uh, joining us this evening, or what is this evening for us in... Uh, uh, from the UK, where it's night, so I want to night. to that. That's uh, humbling and honoring, really, to have someone that will stay up for us like that. Uh, yeah, it's got to be a little late over there yeah, right a, now. Just a just a wee tad. I'm sure it's after midnight. Um, but we have with us Alexandra Winman. Hi, Alexandra. How are you? Good evening. Good. I mean, good morning from here. <laughs> it is about quarter past midnight, but it's fine. I have tea. <laughs> lovely, lovely. I'm quite awake. <laughs> I was fading at around ten, but I've uh, perked up. Oh, good. Awesome. I can amend. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining. Oh, thank you for joining us. So the big question of the night. <laughs> Get us rolling. Okay. Did you study? <laughs> Did I study? Put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very simple, actually. I, I just want to know who on earth are you and what do you do? Oh, okay. Just a little question then. Have you got time? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, a little one. Anybody? <laughs> uh, right. Who am I? Well, who am I? Um, I'm a, a little Aussie battler originally from a, a little town in uh, the east coast of Australia called Coffs Harbour, which is kind of halfway between Sydney and Brisbane. So I'm a bit of a beach bum. I'm a bit of a, a sun bunny. Sorry, Jean. It's probably not what you want to hear in the cold of the mountains and the minus Oh, that's 17. okay. I'm a, I'm a beach bunny too. That's, that's why I'm whining about the fact that I'm in the cold of the mountains. <laughs> Yeah, they're like me. I'm, you know, I think London's cold enough for me, wet enough for me. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you about about me? Um, I suppose, well, uh, I'm all about angels, um, as are many people in the world, I suppose. But um, I, um, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I kind of live my life with angelic energy as part of it, as part of my everyday, which I love, which is really nice. Um, what else? I'm a journalist as well. I'm a, uh, I was a magazine editor up until recently. Um, I'm a, a writer. I have some books out, some children's books out, and I'm working on some other books for grown-ups. And I like music, and I like dancing, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What else could I tell you? That's about it. Jack of all trades, really. <laughs> 
Well, where Carolyn. do you start then with that? Right, where to go, where to go next? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to hone ahead. in on the angels. I'm going to hone in on the angels because um, that sounds like a fun story. How'd that happen? Is this something that, that you uh, you had instinctively around you as a child? You knew that they were there. You were able to communicate um, and then just grew up with it? Or did you have a life-changing yeah, experience um, that... I kind of had both. Um, I always, I always, well, basically I grew up, I was raised a Catholic. My mum was quite a strict Catholic, but she was also very spiritual. And um, so as a child, every night before bed, I'd have to say my prayers. And my mother would always tell me to call upon my angels and particularly my guardian angel. So from a really, really young age, I was really open to the idea of angels. Um, I can't remember because I was so young, I can't really remember having an experience where I kind of saw them. But what I, how I would describe it is I kind of felt them around me. And I used to have, also used to have really weird experiences when I was a child, when I would go to sleep at night, I would see kind of pictures on the back of my eyelids. So I'd have like, almost like a running film of imagery going on behind my eyelids. And now I think, you know, it, with all the things that I've learned over the last few years, then that this may have been my kind of young budding clairvoyance kind of kicking in. I'm not sure, but I had some strange stuff going on as a kid, but I kind of just thought it was normal, you know? Um, and then my, probably my first major, major, okay, I can't ignore this <laughs> angelic experience was, um, I after I moved to London I found it really really hard I was probably only about 21 when I first moved here and I kind of I'd, I'd lived a fairly sheltered existence up until that point and so when I moved to London it was sort of my first experience of having to fend for myself and um, I I think I actually had a bit of depression I think the weather and the dark and it wasn't a very friendly place to move to as a 21 year old Aussie who was like bounding around trying to make friends like Pollyanna <laughs> really annoyingly most probably um, so I had a really really hard time probably for about the first two years that I was here but one of the things that I did was it was kind of subconscious I suppose but I'd sort of shut my whole spiritual side away probably because I was embarrassed and I, I had a boyfriend at the time who wasn't very open about spirituality and things like that so it, he was always like oh you're 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 an idiot you're mental what are you talking about and um so I sort of just kind of buried it and then I just plodded along I was just working I was doing a lot of temp work I I had been working at a magazine in Australia and so my my career wasn't going the way I wanted to it was all very difficult and then um I went home for the first time in two years and um, it sort of opened my eyes to the fact that this relationship with this guy wasn't going where I, I wanted it to go. I took him home to be with my family and spend time with my family and he didn't want anything to do with them. It was all really difficult and I ended up having a big fight with my mum and then in the end I, I got really upset and I said to my mum, you know, I'm really sorry and sort of opened up to her about the hard time that I'd had and I'd been so stubborn about staying in the UK and making a go of it and you know trying to prove to everybody I can do this because they all just kept saying just come home just come home and I was like no I've decided to do this so I'm going to stick at it which is I do have a bit of a stubborn streak in that way but um when I kind of broke down and opened up to my mum 
she was like, well, have you actually asked your angels for help? <laughs> and it was like this light bulb went on inside my head. And um, before I left, she gave me a, a book. I think it was a book by Diana Cooper, um, Angel Inspiration, it was called. And um, in the last few days before I left Australia on that first trip home, I started to read that book. And almost as soon as I started to read that book, it was like the floodgates opened and I sort of allowed these angelic beings or energies back into my life. And one of the things that was really obvious that I just could not ignore was all these signs everywhere. I mean, it was just so unusual that I would... I would be, you know, walking down the street and someone would walk past me with the word angel written on their T-shirt. I'd open a book, the word angel was there. Somebody would walk past me and they, the word angel would be in conversation. I just kept seeing angel, angel, angel everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, this, well, this is obviously a sign. And then the, uh, the white feathers in strange places started showing up. <laughs> I'd get to work and there'd be a feather on my keyboard or, you know, you'd go to get into bed you know, not having a feather duvet, there would be feathers in the bed. Um, so that was kind of the, the subtle way that it started. Um, but the really massive one happened probably about five or six years ago. I can't remember exactly the year it was. It might have been 2008. I went and did a course in something called Theta Healing. And as part of that course, it was it was a course that covered pretty much everything doing ancestral readings it was all a lot of psychic stuff but healing stuff but one of my favorite things on that course was when we paired up to do angel readings and I had this incredible experience I sat down opposite this girl Jackie to do a reading for her and I you basically you close your eyes and there's this little meditation that you go into with theta healing where you put yourself into the theta brainwave or the theta brainwave and um, you connect with the light of source and then you ask which angel is with you or you ask to see what's going on. And I, 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 it, it's so difficult to put this experience into words and this has happened to me quite a few times since then. Um, but basically this huge golden angel kind of, I don't want to say it appeared because it was inside, it was in me. It's like this energy was inside of me. It was outside of me, and it was all around me. It was gold. It was almost like glittering. I was tingling from head to toe. And the only way I can kind of describe it is, it just felt like a rush of love. It felt like a rush of indescribable love. And I could see it, and I could feel it, and I could. The whole thing was just overwhelming. And I had obviously had my eyes closed at this time and I got so excited. And I remembered my mum saying, you know, whenever you had a a message or a, 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 a being or something in spirit, you know, show up like this, you always had to ask who was with you and um, and obviously ask for a message. And so I, the, the, the thing that stood out for me about this angel was that it was, it looked like a, it was quite hilarious. It looked like a giant transformer, you know, like the robot, and it was all geometric kind of shapes, but all gold. And uh, so I kind of said, "Okay, right. Well, who are you then?" And I thought I was going nuts when this booming voice came back, "I am Mertotron." And I thought, 
am I watching the Transformers? This was before the movie had even come out. <laughs> to watch it as a, you know the cartoon as a kid. This is hilarious. And I just like started laughing and I opened my eyes and I looked at this girl, Jackie, who I was doing the reading for. And I said, oh, my God, I've got Metatron here. And she just looked at me completely incredulous and went, oh, my God, I asked who it was and I got Metatron too. I got Metatron too. So we were like giggling like schoolgirls going, oh, my God, this works. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, so it was absolutely bonkers and it was so vivid and the, all the messages that he had for her she validated and it was just it went on and on but um I remember at the time we were, it was a room full of about 50 people and this lovely girl who's now one of my dear friends uh her name is Sabby Hilme she's an angel healer and she was uh assisting on this workshop and she was all the way across the other side of the room and the way she tells this story is that she kind of tuned in to what was going on with me and she came bounding across this room full of 50 people and stood right behind me as all of this was going on and Metatron was there and um, when I sort of came out of it and looked around she just sort of really gently put her hand on my shoulder and went oh my darling I just witnessed that whole thing um, I have. I got basically pushed over here by the angels. They want me to tell you that you need to work with them. You're going to write about them. They, they, they want you to work with them. She was talking at like a hundred miles an hour. You've got to work with the angels. The angels want you to work with them. Like she was so excited, and um, I just kind of was in another world or something. I don't know what was going on because I was just thinking, did this just happen to like little old me? And then um, at that moment, both she and I looked down and at our feet on the floor in this big like workshop kind of auditorium room in between our feet was a white feather and we both just kind of went oh my god and um that was kind of my first huge big kaboom okay yep you've seen them you felt them like they're definitely real they're here and um I've had a few more like that. I've had a, another experience in, in Sydney, actually, with my mum, where um, she still makes me go to church, even though I'm 36 years old, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, but I walked into, a, I walked into a, a church in Sydney, big St Mary's Cathedral in Sydney, and um, it was just after, I think it was just after I'd done the first Angelic Reiki course, and um, walked into this church, and it happened again, but this time it was Michael. And I now know, like, that the way that I see them, like many people experience angels very, very differently to me. A lot of people see them as orbs. Some people just feel them as love or see them as lights. Um, however you experience them, I now know it's very personal to you and that they show up in a way that you will understand. So <laughs> I have, I have a, a bit of a wacky sense of humor. So that's probably why Metatron showed up like a giant transformer in my life because that's how I'll get it. <laughs> kind of thing it's really hilarious whereas other people you know will just kind of see twinkling lights or you know other people have talked to me about very different experiences but one thing I find really amazing is that um the traits as people describe them like Michael is the protector and Michael showing up with either blue or red energy and having a sword of light I mean that all seems to be completely validated across the board like they have their own personalities it's really quite incredible so oh, yeah they, they do they do indeed and 
the the whole the whole how they show up to each individual person. We've talked several times on the show with other people about this. I always get this visual of Michael as a, a you know riding a Harley and wearing leather. Yeah, riding riding the Pope's Harley, hey. <laughs> right, kind of kind of the the spiritual bad boy. I'm here to kick some butt. Um, <laughs> I like that, <laughs> and it, it it just cracks me up every time. So I'm like, yeah. Because, you know, love and light and all that, but um, Michael certainly doesn't, he's not always gentle in yeah, his approach. He's a warrior. He's <laughs> so. a warrior. He's really sexy too, Michael. You know, when um, I used to kind of, before I, before I had the experience of meeting him in St. Mary's Cathedral, I used to picture him with dark hair because to me the kind of warrior bad boy had dark hair. And then on this particular day when this happened, and, I, you know, people used to always say, oh, yeah, Michael's got this flowing blonde hair, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, no, no, I don't see him like that at all. He's blue-eyed, yeah, but dark hair, dark hair for me. And then when this happened in the church, I was just like looked up and this huge, you know, with a breastplate and warrior and all sorts of armor going on and flowing blonde hair. I couldn't believe it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, maybe I'm tuning into what everyone's told me here or something. I don't know. But apparently it's um, something to do with your projection onto the astral plane or something is why you see them the way you see them or, you know, to give them a kind of a, a, a recognizable image or something, however it works. I don't know. It's pretty well, spectacular. It was, it was <laughs> dress uniform that day. <clears throat> Hey, yeah, oh yeah, he was he was fully kitted out. It was fan- absolutely fantastic. It was breathtaking. And it would make sense if they're they're trying to communicate um, with you that they would do it in the form of something that you'd be comfortable with. Yeah, totally. the idea certainly isn't to scare you. No, to make you no, run screaming for the hell, you know. So whatever you're able or capable of accepting. That's, that's what they're going to present at. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty brilliant. I I I love I love that I get the uh, the full regalia, <laughs> but I don't do anything by halves myself, so I think they kind of get that. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's that that's an, wow. I mean, talk about a life changing event. Yeah, there and have been a few of those. <laughs> Where do you go from there? I mean, you you have this experience. You're with this massive group of people and with witnesses. Um, <laughs> holy crap! I am talking angels. Uh, <laughs> so, w- what did you do? Like, because I'm curious. Like, what was your what was your next step? Did you just keep pursuing that path? Did you find a way to integrate it into your everyday life? Well, into your work. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit slow sometimes. Like, I I think um, I think I I don't know how much uh, of this stuff I need to come and whack me in the face before I'll actually wake up and go, oh right, this is actually a, pretty amazing. Like I just kind of seem to, oh yeah yeah, but uh, you know it's 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 really special and really amazing but it's taken me a long time to get to a place where i actually believe in myself it's a really weird thing like i'm quite a i'm quite a confident person but then i kind of just go oh yeah but that's just you know that's just the way things are and that you know it's it's a it's a strange thing but i i'm starting to wake up to the fact 
this last year, I think, especially because I've been through a really challenging time over the last year, and I think it's what they call going through a kind of dark night of the soul initiation type period. And I've actually been, you know, the proverbial rug was pulled out from under me and it's kind of given me this massive wake-up call and made me go, oh, actually, holy crap. Um, excuse me, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak like that. On this oh, show. yeah, you're oh, allowed yeah. to say whatever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but actually, it's it's okay to to see how special this is and it's okay to to see myself as this powerful channel and to see myself as this amazing person that can do this and that can help people and because I I think I was trying to remember the quote I think it was a Marianne Williamson quote about if you don't show up in the world then you know other people are going to miss out so I've you know been doing a lot of work on empowerment and through that work on self-empowerment I've also been working on helping other people to empower themselves and I think that's really where I'm being led and one of the things that or one of the kind of groups of people in society that I feel really drawn to are the people that, you know, we like to call earth angels. So people who are, I suppose, a bit like me, they're, they're quite gentle people. They they tend to, you know, most healers are like this, you know, they tend to put other people first. They tend to kind of give and give and give until they wear themselves out and, and not take any time for themselves. But then it's also the people who, you know, this this world has been, you know, it's stuck in quite a masculine energy for quite some time. So it, the people who are a bit quiet, who have trouble finding their voice, you know, in a world where people kind of tend to shout and scream to get to to, to get things done. Whereas there is, you know, I believe there's a gentler way, there's a more loving way, there's a there's a way to get yourself heard without having to wade into the fray, so to speak. So they're the sorts of people that I like to work with, and you know. Um, one of the things that I'm moving towards, I'm not actually um, teaching any workshops at the moment, but the books are kind of the first beginning part of this. But one of the groups uh, I want to be helping are the children, and especially the children that are coming through today because they're really so many gifted crystal children coming through. Really Aren't they really special? Gifted. Aren't they I'm special? Thinking. I have so much fun. Um, I have a friend who owns a crystal shop, and he's kind of, kind of what I would call my sensei because if I call him a guru or anything he's going to get he's he's going to come hunt me down and kick my butt um, yeah, you'll pay for that he, he's, he's, he's my energetic pop my older brother my I mean there's so many roles he plays in my life and um, but I love going to a store and hanging with him because it's in the middle of this market in the middle of a town that's just on the other shore of the Montreal island and the babies and the kids that come through there. Oh my goodness. You can sit and just have a conversation with these new kids without ever saying a word. Oh, that's amazing. They're just amazing. I love getting in line in the grocery store behind a mother pushing a baby because you just sit there and, hey, how you doing? And they know everything that's going on. You can see it in their eyes. Yeah. They're They're totally different. (laughs) Yeah, they can see, I reckon, you know, they can see the the colors around you. One of my friends um, who is an amazing medium and she's she's very angelic as well, she has a little daughter and we were all on a a retreat in Ibiza a couple of years ago and and we'd been doing an angel retreat in Ibiza and um, 
she said she rang me up and she said, Oh my god, my daughter, um, when um when I got back home, she took a step back and looked at me and this little girl, she must have only been about five, and she went, Mummy, you're pink and orange <laughs> And so she's obviously like, I don't know, you can see her aura or something, but it's amazing. Mummy, you're awesome. pink and orange <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, they're 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 quite amazing. They're just unlike anything I've ever seen, and I've just noticed it. It's been really striking in the last two to three years. Yeah, and there's more. Yeah, I've always yeah I've always been fascinated with infants before that, but now, I mean, just the the knowledge and the wisdom and the intelligence that you can see in their eyes. When you when you it's so cool the seeing colors or whatever it is that they're seeing because it sometimes the ones too young really to to verbally chat with you at least with their mouths you know and they'll they'll I'll come into a room and they'll pop up their head and they'll look over like oh hi yeah (laughs) somebody I can talk to yeah right like they recognize somebody that they can communicate with. It happens all the time, all the time. Grocery stores, banks, it's just, it's fascinating to me because it's like Rick said, they just, they just kind of, they zero in on you. Yep. Oh, it's incredible. Another one of my really close friends has, uh, her, she has an eight-year-old daughter and this little girl is a channel. She's a pure, pure channel. And, um, she sees she basically sees galactic beings walking around amongst us and she and she'll give you a message she'll just be like this this one is blue and he's from a cold planet and he says thank you for this and that and the other and you're sitting there going what <laughs> she's eight she's incredible awesome. and she can read crystal balls and she and she speaks, sees um like communicates with she's got these two wolves she's got a black and a white wolf she says that are like the guardians that that she sees all the time amazing and 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 and, and we wonder and we why wonder there's, why there's just, oh, oh we've got feedback all feedback of a sudden how'd that happen? that happen can you hear me okay yeah i can no. hear you but i can also hear me <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was weird but it's I was gonna, no it's okay <laughs> It's fixed now, um, but what I was going to say is, is we wonder why there's these incredible inventions being created by these 15, 16-year-old kids, 13 years old, 14 years old, inventing amazing ways to, to I mean, one woman was just posted today how to power a flashlight by holding it in your hand, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we wonder why that's happening, because well, they come here tech ready, like they come here, like little stuff. Fully things. on, fully yeah. connected. Yeah, they're completely fully connected. And as long as we don't mess with them too much and jack with their connection and convince them that it's whacked and out of place, then they do amazing things. Yeah, there's all these great schools now as well. There's um the little girl I was just talking to you about. She actually goes to a school. In um, well, it's in rural New South Wales in Australia, and it's a school that's um, based on Sai Baba's teachings. So it's called uh, Satya Sai School, 
So every morning they get up instead of having religion or whatever rammed down their throats, they get up and they talk about peace and love and and treating their fellow pupils equally. And, you know, most schools have like a school pledge kind of thing. I suppose that that's their kind of thing. But it's, it is literally all about kindness and love and like unconditional love, basically. And it, and it celebrates right. there's no, um, there's no sort of hierarchy, like the kids that get the top grades don't win all the awards. It celebrates creativity and diversity and oh, it's amazing. Yeah, one of one of our favorite topics lately has been um has been education and watching it change because I, I've been able to follow the changes within the education system because of my own daughter. And her inability to um, happily subscribe blindly to public education. <laughs> she I'm she just doesn't, um, she's going to be 17 in March and just what? up and decided. 17 year old. <laughs> I do so. I married oh, very God. young and divorced very soon after. Um, <laughs> neither here nor there. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she just up and decided this year that uh, she wasn't into the the personal politics games and all the the popularity yuck that goes with high school. So um, I'm going to get my education outside of the school system, and I'm going to finish my high school education, but I'm going to do it in an alternative way. And mom, what what? what's out there so we went hunting and we found a way that works for her and she's getting her education but she's doing it her way good on her wow that's amazing yeah i was gonna say they they have to find a way to evolve the education system because these new kids aren't going to put up with it they're not going to are they they won't be put in the box it's um a lot of kids really struggle and there's so many kids out there that are on like ADHD medication that are actually really gifted and talented children that you know just can't concentrate sitting in a box. Don't don't subscribe to the box mentality. Yeah, I've never really quite understood that because to me it was always you know they would start describing ADHD and I was like, you sounds like kids. Yeah, it just we all fidgeted when we were kids and we were not told we had a disease. We were told to be still. It's kind of ironic that they that they give, give a child speed to help it concentrate. <laughs> that hilarious. It, it is. It, it's it's uh, grandly twisted. Uh, but there's you know there's more and more parents out there that are arguing the case for natural fixes. You know, I mean we we have a 13 year old as well, um, and she's got a few issues, but she also, before she came to live here, was raised on a sugar and gluten diet. And since we got her sugar cut down and her gluten cut down and her vegetable intake up and her exercise going, her attitude has shifted. Mm. You know, a, a lot of the problems that we talk about with these kids that are are having emotional issues a lot of that can can go back to nutrition as well i mean if you're going to feed your kid junk food for 13 years expect a hellion when they become a teenager 
(laughs) because you've just spent 13 years poisoning their developing brain. Mm. So what else is going to happen? You know, it's the only option. You can't poison a human body for that long and then expect it to operate at optimal efficiency. It's not going to happen. Especially so, you know, developing th- human body. Exactly, yeah. right? So one of the things I'm, I'm really happy to see um, begin our 13-year-old school, it is still in the public school system, but one of the unique things about this school is that as long as the food is healthy, like if it's apples, carrot sticks, whatever, fruits, vegetables, they can eat all day. Mm. They can eat all day long. During class, whatever. They yeah. can pull out their carrot sticks and start munching during class. That, to me, is, is progression. That's brilliant because so many kids have they have different metabolisms they have different growth spurts you know we and we're one of the things we had because I went to Catholic school one of the things that they you ha, you were never allowed to go to the bathroom and this was when we were like six years old I remember so many kids just wet their pants sitting in their chair I mean that's just that's like child abuse to not let a child go to the bathroom when they're absolutely dying for it is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's it's very, very odd that we allowed ourselves to go down that path. And I don't even know how it happened. I mean, we used to eat when we were hungry, go to the bathroom when we needed to go to the bathroom, um, sleep when we needed to sleep. Mm. We used to do these things. And then all of a sudden, we became civilized. Quote, unquote. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> All of a sudden we became civilized and now we have to eat at a certain time of day and we have to go to the bathroom when we're, we're allowed. And it, it just seems very odd to me to, to try and train a body to do something that's so completely against its nature. It's that old adage, isn't it, that it's, we became a, a society that had a, a love of power rather than the power of love. I'm so cheesy. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true. I remember when I was so true. when I was little, I, you know, would have the audacity at mealtime to say that I wasn't hungry, and I, I, and the adults would just look at me like I had ten heads. What do you mean you're not hungry? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? It's lunchtime. You got to eat now. Yeah, I had a weight problem when I was when I was a teenager. When I was about fourteen, I put on so much weight because it was that that whole thing of you're not leaving the table until you eat every single thing on your plate. And then my mum would just serve up dessert every single night. Wow. Every night. Well, she yes. was a size six. She was like tiny, like Kylie Minogue size. And um, unfortunately, I got my father's figure. Um, so, so dessert every night did not sit well. And uh, yeah, they were gr- there's there's great photos. She's really nasty. She posted a one of those photos on my Facebook page just last week, and I could have killed her. All right, mom. Mm, yeah, mom. way to go. Yeah, she's still yeah. It's like you made me like that. But but yeah, but it is true. I've I've got friends that are tiny that eat everything in sight. And I've got friends that are Hi. overweight that don't eat as yeah. much. It it is everybody has their own individual fuel needs too. It it and it makes sense once I sit and look at it. But you know, I was trained for so many years that you know this is what you eat. 
Yeah, so. and I mean, that's another thing. We were trained for, for how many years that we needed, I think it was something ridiculous, like 12 servings of wheat or grains a day or something stupid like that on the food chart. I remember going through it at school. And how do you – there was there was less servings of fruits and vegetables on the food chart than grains. That's right. It was all, you know, have this much wheat, this much meat, this much – and, and yeah. you know, a, a couple of bits of lettuce. <laughs> But we all know that that everybody's body is different. At least we know now. A lot of people are discovering now that it, people's bodies are different. I have friends who can do, can, who can be vegans, no problem. I tried it. It almost killed me. Well, it literally, it literally made you sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it literally makes me sick to not eat meat. And it does not matter how much supplementation I take with all the protein hoo-hahs that you can get off of everything else from meat and iron and all that stuff, it doesn't matter. If I don't have my meat, I start getting bruises within a week. Wowzers, it bruises you. See, I haven't I I haven't tried to go vegetarian. I'd like to from an ethical standpoint, but I'm kind of the same and I've I I've done a little bit of research about that eat right for your blood type as well. And I'm O negative, and I do notice that I get very low iron if I don't eat meat. Yeah, you and might not want to go that route. Yeah. And it, if you want to talk about the morals and ethics of it, the ethical, ethical reasoning behind it, you're killing a living creature. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, the tree outside my house it's is a living, living creature. creature. Yeah. The vegetables that I eat were, before they were on my plate, a living creature. They're mm-hmm. all infused with the same energy that infuses everything else. That's very, very, very true. Yeah, we get we get in now, trouble with that argument because it, you know. I mean, as far as the ethics around raising animals properly, yes, I'd I'd love to have, um, you know, I'd love free range animals mm-hmm. as as my food because this this idea of torturing them and and feeding them. Yeah, now that's not that okay. It's designed just to, that's not okay to me. No. I, I agree with that, and that's, that's a valid argument. However, when you talk about free-range meats and if they could be more readily available for people, then I think that, you know, there could be an argument made there ethically for the fact that plants have a life force. Mm. In fact, at well, Dam and Hoor, they've actually done studies where they they've – Manage to get plants to sing. You can have a conversation with them as well. And, you know, know, um, this is one of the things I learned through doing beta healing, actually. Um, But now I just kind of chat to them when I go for my run in the morning. Um, But do you know that uh, a flower has has an entirely different personality to the plant that it's actually growing on? It's two different energies, two different personalities. Totally makes sense. That makes sense, and 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 fortunately, we're scientifically beginning to discover, uh, like uh, beef, for example, fed on corn and grain and things, is doesn't have the right blends of omega acids, and fats, and things. Well, if you feed them grass and let them wander around and just eat grass that they, or what they want to eat, mm-hmm. they have the exact correct balance of omega fats. So it's it's just as unhealthy for them as it is for us. It's mm. it's like, you know, my 
little furry friend, my dog. She eats a grain-free diet because it makes sense to me. She, her food is 70% meats and 30% vegetables, but not grains. Um, and because I've never seen a wolf wandering around a wheat field eating the leftovers. <laughs> they just don't do that. And, right. uh, uh, and in the meantime, are you going to ask the wolf to stop eating the rabbits because he should probably... You know, yeah, the rabbit has a life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something, I mean, when it, like I said, when it comes down to the ethics of it, it should come down to the question of how we treat the animals that oh, yeah, we use as food. <clears throat> but I, uh, I just can't get past the, past the, you know, that fruit and vegetables that I put in my mouth, they they were on a tree not so long ago mm. or on a plant. They were very much alive, very vibrant. They were growing. They were re- trying to reproduce. Almost the seeds in our things. fruit are the reproduction of that fruit. So, you know, I mean, this is something that people need to consider when they when they get into that that line of thinking. And mm. Rick's right. We do get in trouble a lot for saying that on the show. Well, yeah. there's a lot of people that disagree, and 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 I invite them to believe as they wish. But it yeah. is absolutely. Um, but it's true. I mean, we're all part of the same life force energy. So yeah. So it, to me, I don't see the. Uh, it, it, to me, it's insulting to plants mm. to say that you know. Well, I don't want to kill animals. But, you know, I'll, I'll happily kill a plant, yeah. Take this gigantic, <laughs> you know, bowl full of vegetables and lettuce and, you know it's it's well okay. Shenanigans. <laughs> oh well I'm gonna get up on my soapbox and then there we Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think my um well, my reasoning behind wanting to do it is more because it's so much more expensive to find organic meat or free-range meat, especially in London, especially in the UK. And you just, and then, you know, we had the whole horse meat scandal thing, so you don't even know what you're eating anyway, you know. Um, so, but I've gotten into corn recently, and that's quite nice, and you can't even tell the difference half the time. Corn? No, um, it's called corn, Q-U-O-R-N. You guys have that over there? Oh. It's a bit like, um, oh, God, how do I like it? It's a little bit like tofu or something like that, but they make it, it's got a texture that's a little bit, it's like, a, I don't know if it's made from beans or what, I don't know, but it's some sort of non-meat product. <laughs> but you can get it as like corn mince, corn sausages or corn like, uh, chicken style pieces. So instead of having chicken in your stir fry, you put corn in, and it tastes like you're eating chicken. It's basically like having chicken, but it's not. Really? Yeah, and that's meant to be really good for you too. I don't know if it's like a. Um, it is a similar substance to tofu, but it's a little bit more um, spongy. <laughs> I'm making okay. it sound really, really appetizing, aren't I? <laughs> it sounds delicious. <laughs> But actually, well, I'm curious because I, I don't do tofu well. But if there's another product out there that I, I would still, because because of the way my body reacts, I would still have to eat meat occasionally. Yeah. But you know, there's there's nothing wrong with 
reducing my intake of meat. It's just if I cut it out completely, it becomes a problem. Yeah, you're like me. I'm. That's the same. But I was finding that because my other half, Tony, he eats. He wants to eat meat every single night, and I find I get a bit. I kind of need a balance because I get a bit overloaded if I have it every night. But now we've kind of got back to we're having we have fish three times a week, and we substitute meat for corn maybe once a week, maybe once or twice a week. And then mostly we have like meat two or three times a week. Um, and it's a much nicer balance. But I'm like, you know, I don't really, I don't really do tofu. I think tofu is a bit boring, but this corn stuff, it's quite, it's quite good. I can recommend it. I will have to look that up and check it out. Certainly. Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> Microprotein. Yeah, it's good in um, spaghetti bolognese. They do like a corn mince, and you because you, you're putting so much kind of all the good stuff in the tomato sauce and the herbs right. and the garlic, and you it just it it just tastes like a really healthy bolognese. Hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Al's culinary cooking show. <laughs> right, right. Well, so we wander about a bit. It's. Uh, but it's but yeah. good, though, because now I learned something I didn't know, see? And so many of our listeners have probably just learned something they didn't know either, which is cool. I'm glad I could, I'm glad I could educate you guys to the, uh, the, the fabulous culinary benefits of uh, corn. Corn. <laughs> I probably sound really Aussie when I say it, corn. Well, and it's well, But it's, that's it's, how it's spelled. Yeah, it? it's exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and of course, I'm having difficulty with their website because, it, uh, being a European-sourced website, it wants me to accept or decline cookies. And whenever I'm doing that, it's not happening, right? But, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but uh, yeah, apparently a, a mycoprotein, which perhaps sounds, it, it's from fungi. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I knew that from the myco part, but oh. yeah. It's probably better cool. corn than, you know, fungus protein. Yeah, you wouldn't, eat it, without, that, that, you wouldn't eat it without sauce either. Like, it's better in a stir fry or a, you know, you can make it like put a Cajun sauce with it or something. Yeah. That would explain the, the springy texture to it, too. The springy bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and tofu Very could cool. be a little springy, depending on how it's done. And and, um, and my only problem with that these days is, at least here in the States, virtually all the soy you can lay your hands on is genetically modified soy. So yep. GMO. You have to be careful. That would be a reason yep. that some people that try modern tofu have trouble with it, is it's not really food, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, it, our bodies at least evolved here on this planet with all that's going on here and everything else evolved around it. And, and so it's kind of all built to work together. And um, But there, there's probably a reason that there's not fish genes in the corn and things like that. It's grr. <clears throat> Again, another one of my soapboxes. And there he goes. Soapbox. Yeah, yeah. There he goes. Well, we, we must be getting on that break time. And so 
why don't we take a quick break and then we can come back and I want to hear about her children's books because we don't often get children's authors on here and Oh really? That's exciting then. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So right, so tea break. Um particularly with our with our just now subjects and soapboxes, I suppose we'll have some uh Ina V with some earth prayer. I I would think so, yes. Yes, some a little uh, thank her, you to our mother for all the wonderful things that she provides. Her song Earth Prayer that's uh, uh based around the uh, Hawaiian practice of Ho'oponopono. Oh, I yeah. love the Ho'oponopono. So we hope everyone will enjoy that, but uh, we got lots more coming. So stay with us, folks.
all things, of the west and the thunder, of the east and the sun. In the north, the shining elder, and the south, our mother's womb, toils above and below us, to the seen and unseen. Those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do. And we thank you for all your help us. Everyday Connection on the Flow Cooperative, an entirely new stream on the scene. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend, Ina V, with her song, Earth Prayer. And uh, we hope you'll get by her website at enav.com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E.com to check out all of her other music and also the Earth Prayer Project. She's doing some great philanthropic work with the proceeds from that individual song because it's a healing song, so she does healing work with the with the monies. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. Super cool. I want to hear it now. <laughs> I'll send you the video. That's That'd be cool. Yeah. The only thing when we were doing live radio, we, we all had to... We could all listen to the music, but then we kind of had to bring Jean back out of her reverie. She would go somewhere when that song. <laughs> she goes flying. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do go away when the song plays. It's one of those things. But I don't have it on my um, on my phone because I don't play it in the car. Because me sing, me listening to that song and, and driving at the same time would be semi disastrous. Oh God! It's like when you when you're doing a guided meditation and they say. Under no circumstances listen to this meditation while driving. <laughs> it's important. That's true. There's just important advice. There should be a warning on the song. Say there should. I say that on my meditations. What am I talking about? <laughs> I do that too. Oh, you're too fun. Too fun. So, you know, we got to talking earlier before the break about um, kids and education and and these amazing new children that are coming up and um, you write children's books. So I'm a little curious about that. How'd that all come about and uh, what are they about? Um, Right. Well, it started a long time ago when I was a child. I've always written poetry. It's been one of my, it's one of my um, 
my favorite things to do. I think, you know, a lot of people write a journal. I, I don't really write a journal. I write poetry and I kind of, that's how I pour my feelings out. And, um, so even when I was really, really young, I would write poetry and, and I really like rhyming poetry. It just sort of seemed to flow. And, um, one of the things I didn't realize that I was doing when I was writing this poetry. Well, I was going into an altered state, kind of an altered state of consciousness. And I could never put a finger on what was going on when I was writing it. I just knew that it made me feel better and it seemed to come from somewhere outside of me in a weird way. Like I would go into sort of this, I don't know how to, the, the, it was almost like a, a sort of a melancholy reverie that I would go into when I would write. And it was like it, something would just take over me and I would just pour these words out onto paper and I'd read it back afterwards and think, oh my God, did I actually write that? That doesn't, that's not, that didn't come from me. That's from somewhere else. So it was almost like a portal had opened in my head and, you know, something had been poured through me. Um, but the, the, the books, these books, I'd, I'd always wanted to write for children because, um, as, also as a kid, I, I, I did, um, speech and drama and I used to want to be an actress and I used to have to do these these speech and drama competitions in the town where I grew up so I'd get up and you'd recite poetry and and do drama you know little drama monologues and things like that but the, the reciting of the poetry was my favorite thing and I got to know a lot of really great children's authors doing that I thought to myself well one day I'd love to do this so it's been a dream ever since I was really young to write books for kids and and poems for kids um, in particular and then like everything else life got in the way and I kind of put it to one side and then it was a couple of years ago and um, I'd already started working for a mind body spirit magazine and started you know training in angelic reiki and my theta healing and getting right into my spirituality and um, this idea had been kicking around in my head for quite a while to write a series of books on the angels and the idea had literally just dropped into my head one day and I could see the books. I could see what they looked like. And it was, they were a bit like the Mr. Men books so that with each book, there was a different angel, different archangel specifically, a different color and a little different life lesson that would go with the angel. So for example, like we were talking about Michael earlier. So one of the books is about Michael and his color is blue and the, the story goes that if you're afraid of the dark, you call on Michael and a, a simple way for kids to visualize or to bring in the angel is to visualize the color of the angel because children love color and it's one of the first things that they learn. So for a child to kind of feel that Michael's around them, an easy way to get that child to invoke Michael is to get them to close their eyes and visualize the color blue and call on Michael. And because it's so simple, it's a really it's a really good kind of comfort technique for kids. But it's also, you know, mainstream parents can use it as a comfort tool. But the more spiritual parents among us will know that the child is actually invoking the angel for protection. Um, and the Michael book was actually the first one I wrote, but the the one that's just come out or just about to come out actually is about Ariel, and. Um, Ariel's color is pink and um, she's an, also an angel of courage but she's also the, the nature angel so she's all about looking after the planet um, taking care of the animals and watering the garden um, and the sort of courage that I love about Ariel is that you know 
as we were saying, humans are awesome. She's the angel that gives you the courage to stand up for your beliefs and to stand up for, you know, the the, the underdog, I suppose, of society. She kind of helps you find your voice and stand up for what's right. So, so these kind of these books were kicking around for a, a while in my mind. I could see them, and I could see that I wanted the covers to be a pair of angel wings when you open the book. Um, and if you see the book, that's what we've achieved. Um, my dear friend Gemma oh, Burr awesome. has, yeah, she's done the illustrations, and they're absolutely beautiful. So you've got beautiful Ariel as the the big pink angel, and it's her wings spread out. On the, when you open the book, her wings open. So it's really beautiful. I'm really pleased with the illustrations. She's done a great job. Um, and Gemma has her own children's book out, actually, which is called The Gift, and it's um, based on uh, Africa. She grew up in Zimbabwe, so it's a it's a magical little book that she's written. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, but my these books they just um, they were just in my mind for a long time. But when I actually wrote them, I wrote the first four within well within four days and. I wrote one of them on the bus home um, because they were basically channeled. They just they just came through. They just poured through as um, as my poetry used to pour through as a as a kid, and they all rhymed. And I broke all of the rules. I I did loads of research back in the day. I, I actually did some temp work for HarperCollins Children's Publishing when I first moved to London. And I was thinking back then, like we're talking like God, fourteen years ago now, and um. And all the advice that they give about writing for children is, you know, you to be to get published, you shouldn't rhyme, you shouldn't send in illustrations, um, and all this other advice. And I broke every single rule <laughs> because, you know, when I sent my books off to the publisher, I included the illustrations. They all rhymed, um, <laughs> so but they, you know, they 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 came to life, and I I knew I knew that they would because I knew that it was angelically guided for these books to come to life because I know that they're, you know, they have my name on the cover, but they're really not mine. They are, each angel has brought them through and um, and there's potential for so many of them. There's, I mean, this is the first one that's going to come out. There's, I've already written uh, Michael, Raphael, Gabriel and Joe Fiel, who's the Angel of Joy. And um, I, I have as many of these books as there are archangels and they just keep coming so hopefully I can just keep writing them and hopefully each little lesson or blessing will just bring another piece of magic for another child as they come through especially for these really amazing new children coming through the planet now but they're also I think they're also amazing for adults and um because they're fun and you know they they are a, a simple tool to teach children and adults about the angels and how simple it is to call on their their love and their help so that's my that's kind of how they they were birthed and yeah my my vision for them I suppose I'd love to do um I'd love to get them made into animations and um I've actually got I've got a musician who I'm working with at the moment who's a a brilliant brilliant composer and he channels angel music as well and um We've already released some guided meditation CDs together, um, which are we call them pharmaceuticals because <laughs> it's kind of taking away from the whole pharmaceutical thing and tapping into the the power of brainwaves to heal people. 
but um, I'd right. love to actually put the the angel books to his angel music because I think they'd fit really, really well. He's got 12 CDs on the angels. His name's John Levine. Um, and, um, yeah, so if I'd love to have the books as, like, audio books with the beautiful healing music in the background to go with it, but we'll see. I mean, it's all... There's so many plans. It's all, it's all you know, dreams, but we all know it's possible one day. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it all has to happen when it's meant to happen, too, is, is the thing there. You've got to kind of let it flow. It's the angels to decide when, when they're going to be an audiobook is the way I yeah. look at it. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> absolutely. It's a beautiful cover. Well, I, 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 yeah, I was going to say I saw the um, cover of Ariel, and it's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful artwork. She's done a beautiful job, hasn't she? She's such a such a talented girl, Gemma. She's very very clever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing the others the others come to life pretty soon as well. And yeah. you, you said earlier also that you wanted to start writing for adults. So have you got something in the works right now or just something in the heart? I've got I've actually got two books in the works at the moment. Um I haven't actually sent them off to a publisher yet. Um because it's kind of um the first one is actually a book on the archangels for adults and specifically again about the archangels because they seem to be my 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 bag the archangels. I've got I don't know whether it was my catholic upbringing or what but these these guys seem to be the ones that uh, step forward when I when I need guidance. So that's that's the next one. That's the one I'm currently actually I've almost finished writing that one, and it's nearly ready to send off. And then um, the other thing that I've been working on has been quite a I've had quite a profound journey over the last sort of gosh year and a half I suppose. Um, something really surprising happened to me. Um, well, <laughs> I say that after having talked about channeling. Really? <laughs> I was going to say, archangels and cathedrals. You think nothing's going to rattle you after you've, you've spoken to Metatron and Michael and Melchizedek in the circumstances that I have. But um, uh, I think this is, this is all connected. So basically, um, around the, well, just after the time that the Michael Metatron amazing visitations happened, I had another um, being appear to me in a, the same way. And I, it was quite hilarious. I was on the bus to work and I was at the time working for a celebrity showbiz magazine. And um, I can't even remember. I think I don't even think I'd done Angelic Reiki at that point. I was all very new to the whole channeling thing and I couldn't kind of control it. It would just happen. And I had taught myself to meditate and I was on the bus to work and I just used to naturally do this thing where I didn't, no one had ever told me what to do or how to do it, but I just used to do this thing where I would kind of rest my consciousness in my heart. I'd just kind of go into my heart and just send love out to the world and I'd visualize love going to everyone on the bus and love going out and love going out and out and out across the planet. And now I know that people have been teaching that for centuries and I don't know where I got it from probably my past life but um so I'm sitting on the bus and um I was doing my my little love meditation thing and um again I had that big rush of love that sensation of tingling from head to toe and that rush of love and this time it was it was basically all the colors of the rainbow 
and then they were surrounded in the, the the violet flame, which a lot of people will be familiar with the violet flame. It's a really powerful transmuting color ray. And then it was encased in like a golden color. And that happened first. And then all of a sudden I could see or feel this being again in within me and outside of me. And I could see that he had his feet on the earth, but he was so massive and so overwhelmingly huge that there were planets orbiting around his head. This is how big this... And it was like I was... I was as big as him, but I was in my body, but my eyes... Well, I think my eyes were shut. I can't really remember because it was also... I wasn't, you know, here. <laughs> I was in another dimension or space or reality or something. But I could distinctly see that he seemed to have a big flowing white white beard and he felt very wizard-like and it was all purple and rainbow and gold and everything. And I thought to myself, oh, I, I recognize the violet flame thing, so this must be Archangel Zadkiel, who I know to be connected with the violet flame. And so I asked and I said, are you Zadkiel? No, got a no, and a very outright no. And I was like, well... And I'm going through all the angels that I knew because I'm quite familiar with a few of them. <laughs> and, um, and they, and I was thinking, is this an this isn't an angel? I mean, it was so massive, so overwhelming. And so I said, okay, who are you? And another booming voice kind of went, I am Melchizedek. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a big, that sounds very wizard-like. Anyway, I got to work and was all a bit, and I, and I, well, actually, I first, before I did that, I asked him, you know, what's your message? Because I remembered my mother going, always ask for a message. So I asked what the message was, and um, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but all I got was the two words, spiritual alchemy, were the two words that I got. And it was all very, you know, um, intrigue, intriguifying. And um, I got to work and um, I sat there basically shaking, going, oh, my God, this is amazing. I don't know what this is about. Googled him, found all this stuff about him in the Bible, Lord Melchizedek and all this stuff about him um, being what they call our universal logos. And he's almost like he's not an archangel. He's almost like a the granddaddy of the angels or something. He's huge and massive and quite powerful. So I was like going, this is really big. This is like bigger than I can actually comprehend. And I didn't really do anything with it <laughs> for quite a few years. This happened probably, we're talking about four or five years, probably about five years ago. And I kind of just sat with it and thought, I don't know what he's chatting about with this alchemy stuff. Don't know what that is, but we're just going to sit with it. And at the right time, it'll come along. Anyway, around about a year and a half ago, I started to see signs in the physical like I do, like, I, you know, I was seeing the word angel everywhere, but this time it was different. And I started to see um, the, this capital A everywhere that felt very Egyptian. And I spoke to a friend of mine and, and, um, and she's very psychic and she said, well, I'm getting picking up the name Amun-Ra. And she said, next time you meditate, why don't you try chanting the name Amun-Ra three times and see what happens? <laughs> this is all sounding very bonkers, but anyway, this, this is what happened. I chanted the name Amun-Ra three times and um, 
I suddenly was transported to ancient Egypt. The whole room changed. The whole room went gold. And um, and I was in ancient Egypt. And um, I was actually in the bathtub at the time. I, I do a lot of meditating. I have a sea salt bath and do a lot of my meditation in a bath. And this time, um, some different beings came down around me and they were these gold beings and they called themselves the Hathors. And I had no idea what Hathors were. But I now know through Tom Kenyon's work that well they are connected to the goddess Hathor in ancient Egypt, but they're they're basically beings of love and unconditional love. But one thing led to another, and through a series of these meditations, I started being given symbols, and I didn't know what they were, but I was writing them in my journal. And as I researched these symbols, I realised that these symbols are actually symbols that are, have been used throughout history throughout like ancient Egypt some of them are from the Kabbalah some of them are used by the Freemasons and then in October last year I went on a trip to Glastonbury and I'm trying to trying to keep this short but it's um it's it's really quite profound and um I woke up at six o'clock in the morning being given an attunement with these symbols and um, what I now know this to be is a, it's like a new healing system. It's a little bit like Reiki, but it uses these really ancient symbols. And it's, in short, it's spiritual alchemy. It basically seems to take the energy of all these ancient, ancient um, systems of wisdom and knowledge, such as like the Tao, the Kabbalah, you know, the, what the Freemasons knew, the original Freemasons knew. And it's all about transformation through the heart. It's all about unconditional love and the power of unconditional love. And I can do it as I can guide a person through the attunement or I can do it as a hands-on channeled healing like Reiki. And it just seems to really put people back in their power. It's a real empowerment sort of thing. And everyone who... um uh, all the clients that I've seen have said that they, they never felt so in alignment before. They feel like they've been kind of put back together or really put back into themselves. So now I'm um, left with the task of writing the book. So this is all going in, this is the next book. And I actually, I call it, I call this system, I call it Precious Wisdom. And... Um, the way the name came to me is quite hilarious. I was actually in the queue at my po- my local post office, which is also it also happens to be a corner shop, and I had been sitting with this this these symbols and this this thing, this amazing gift that I'd been given for months, going, what am I going to call this? And every time I started writing down, oh, I'm going to call it um, Golden Heart Activation geometry (laughs) you know something it all sounded really stupid um and really contrived and then i'm in the queue for the post office and i went do you know what all right guys all right angels whoever just tell me what i'm supposed to call it and something made me turn right at that point and i just sort of turned right and sitting on the shelf next to me was a bottle of shower gel next to a tube of toothpaste and the shower gel was called Precious and the toothpaste was called Wisdom. <laughs> and I looked at it and I I went, Precious Wisdom. And my whole body just 
it was like electricity and every hair stood up on its end. And I went, oh, my God, is this what you want me to call this amazing thing? And I got this resounding yes. And I went onto my phone and something just made me put into Google precious wisdom. And it brought up this this Bible passage. And the first words of it said, for wisdom is more precious than gold. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got this is the name of it because the energy of it is gold. It's really like high vibration gold energy when when it comes through. It's really incredible. So, And I'm still learning a lot about it. So <laughs> you guys asked the question. <laughs> That's what the uh, the next book is about. And it's uh, yeah. And I love the answer. I I love the answer because um, part of my own journey in writing, I think it was my the end of my first book and the beginning of my second book. I stumbled on to to the true meaning of alchemy, and like like happened to you, all the signs and symbols and synchronicities came, and then I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what it meant. I was like, what? What? It's overwhelming. Mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I even had a friend who gave me his email address, and his email address was actually the periodic elements of lead to gold. Oh, my God. <laughs> the synchronicities are I was incredible. Like, do, what, do I, what do I do with this? But I didn't <laughs> understand it until almost near the end of my second book that I finally got it, and it's it's living in a state of constant creation. And and that's what they were talking about. They were talking about not turning lead physically right. into gold. They were yeah. talking about creating heaven out of hell. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right here right now by by your choices and your thoughts and your, you know, I mean, we could go so far into that and so I'm can't wait for your book to come out. I think it's going to be awesome. Thanks. I can't wait to read yours now. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's amazing, isn't it? Because it's so like the 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 alchemy thing. It's so simple, but so complex. I feel like Alice down the rabbit hole, but it always brings me back to one thing, and that is love. It's it's pure love. It's that yeah. simple. You choose love, or you choose fear. And it, if you just yeah. stay on the path of love, then you transform. For the better, faster and faster, and your life gets better and better, and everything. It's like all the, the illusion and the hardship. You know, it's like you go through these really, you know, what we call like the dark night of the soul or the the, the really hard times. But it's like you know that they say it's darkest before the dawn, but the dawn when it comes is so worth it. It's always so worth it, and that's the path of the heart, isn't it? You just trust and and you. And you keep going forward in love and faith and, and the gold that you get at the end of it is so amazing right. and, and so worth it. That's the magic ingredient to alchemy. It's it's alchemy. it's simply a state of being. It's a state of acceptance. Mm-hmm. It's like the kid in the matrix says, there is no spoon. Yeah. There never was any lead. Mm. It's always been gold. Yep, the lead just an illusion. It's just I didn't I didn't I didn't know I didn't understand. I'm you know going through these. Oh, I gotta change this. I gotta do that. I gotta you know I'm working through all this stuff within me, and I gotta fix, and I gotta tweak, mm-hmm. and I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta. 
I'm working on it. And, you know, and actually it's perfect. Me, but <laughs> as long as you're working on it, you're still going to be working on it. You're going to be working on it tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. Why don't you just call it done and be be done? <laughs> yep. And I went, oh, damn. No more processing? What? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> really? Like, if you really want to save the world... Stop assuming there's anything left to save. Yeah. But that's the that's the key, isn't it? That's what unconditional love is. Unconditional is unconditional, meaning yeah. there's no judgment, it's there's all no good. good, there's no bad. It's all there's good. It's, it's all, all God. Good. It's all good. It all comes from the same source. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all there for a reason. And and is my mind in my body with my heart sitting in my studio in the middle of the Quebec mountains meant to know all those reasons. No, because I wouldn't be here in physical form. If I was meant to know all those reasons, I meant to be here having the experience of physicality. So if I want to do that to the best of my ability, then I need to just chill out, relax and accept. That all is well. <laughs> I do yeah. believe she's channeling. I do believe she's got <laughs> hold of it, yeah. <laughs> By George, <laughs> it's one of the things I was I was just going to say. We, you know, soapboxes, this, that, and the other thing. But there have been a few threads, like humans are awesome, uh, mm-hmm. that have run through since at the beginning of this show over two and a half years ago. And and one of those is uh, also in that uh, video about. Uh, that the tremendous video that Jane made, uh, where I said I, I don't have any focus on trying to fix anybody or anything because there's nothing wrong with anybody or anything, and uh, that's it, it gotten quite a bit of pushback from some quote mm. new age yeah. unquote peoples, and um, uh, and of course if. If you're in fear that you're going to lose making your living because what you're making your living off of is processing. And, well, if there's no process, you know, but it's – and how could it be okay? There's wars and disease and, yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? And they just look at me, you know. And, oh, wow, yeah, they don't like that. Holy crap. But I'll tell you what. Here's here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, three books in – and multiple conversations with I don't know how many different energies. But I asked George, and I, I don't think I've ever said this on the air before. I don't think I've ever said this anywhere before. I asked George point blank one day when I was at the absolute worst, on the ground, bawling my eyes out, what do you want from me? Screaming to the heavens, what do you want? And George is God, by the way, for our, our guest tonight who doesn't know that, but our listeners do. I um, that. <laughs> what do you want from me? And the only thing that I've ever been told that I absolutely have to do, it doesn't matter what I do with the rest of my life. The only thing I am not allowed to do is lose faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. Do not ever lose faith in humanity. That's the strongest message I was ever given. The law that I live my life by. It's the only law I live my life by. And it served me really well. I just last week saw a Pope 
sell a Harley for charity. Awesome. It served love, me really well. I, I, I do this thing as well. Um, you know, people, so especially, you know, in big cities like London, people are walking around going about their own business. Most of them have a bit of a grimace on their face, looking a bit miserable. But I like to do this thing where, I have a few of these actually, where I just, when I'm walking around, I really look at people and I look at people like, and I, and I imagine the child in them and I look at them like they're all children walking around and it's amazing. You can actually, you can see the child in the people, in the way they walk and everything. You can imagine them as like when they were tiny. That's, and I just think it's so lovely because that really, you know, if people are struggling with the judgment thing, like, you know, someday I'm human, some days I do. Um, I think that yeah, really of course. It's it's an amazing exercise. And if someone's really pissing you off or really annoying you, see them as a child, see them throwing a tantrum and you're just it's like you rise above it instantly. You just kind of laugh about it. It's instantly disarming and, and diffusing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with setting your boundaries. There's nothing wrong with removing yourself from situations that are uncomfortable. I never advise staying in a relationship and trying to fix it or trying to fix somebody. It's not your job. It's not your place. No. And many of us... Remove yourself. Set your boundaries. Set your limits. But at the same time, recognize that you have the choice and the power to do that. Mm. And that everything that's happening is happening for you. If that person is in your life simply being an ass just long enough, for you to learn how to set your boundaries, then that's been a gift to you. And that's when your life changes. When you start looking back on all of the things that nearly devastated you, nearly destroyed you, and you can look at them with love and appreciation and gratitude, yeah. that's when life changes. That's when you turn lead into gold. Choice and perception. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so important. It's so key. You have to choose how to perceive your world. Yep. Totally. And if you perceive your world as changing, it will change. If you perceive it as changed, it will have changed. And you will go, wow, what happened? Where did these cool people come from? Where have they Was been I all asleep? this time? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where have they been all this time? How did I not see that? I see that in friends now all the time. People I haven't talked to in years that were just so far out of the realm of I would not have this conversation with those people back in the day. It would not happen. Even when I was writing my books, this would not happen. But I see them posting and celebrating such incredible things now. And I think to myself, that is not the person I knew. But then again, I'm not the person I was. No. And this is your relationships change and shift as well. Like sometimes I, as I think I, on my Facebook recently, I likened being a spiritual person to coming out of the closet um, because some people are not very comfortable with it when they find out that you're an angel channel. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Um, <laughs> Some people think that if you are a clairvoyant or a psychic or a medium that you're casting spells on them or you're you're reading them constantly or you know I don't have the energy to walk around reading every person I meet um, but I had I was it was really sad because one of my 
who I thought was one of my dearest, dearest friends um, this year, I've had to basically take a step back from that friendship because she was basically backstabbing me to all of my other friends and calling me wacky Wenman and stuff, which I think is quite catchy. And, yeah. I, you know, I think I might actually kind use Kind of cute, that. actually, wacky Kind of cute, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, if she'd been doing it... You use that as a marketing... Yeah. Yeah. use that for marketing, for sure. As a joke, it would have been fine, but, you know, it's quite sad. To be but, serious about it, yeah. But. To be serious about it. You know, if she was worried about me, she could have come to me and said, look, are you okay? But it's one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those life lessons. She's on she's on her path. I still love her. I totally forgive her. But it's not healthy for me to be around somebody who's like that at the moment. So I've had to kind of just put well, my health boundaries. Take it, take it from me, honey. I The people that I left behind in Toronto after I'd written my first book, and a lot of them thought I was right off the wall. <laughs> Talk to God, what? Um... I, so I he talks see the stuff now. He, he, he talks, talks back. back. Yeah, he calls himself George. What? Are you insane? Um, but I see the things that they post now, and I yeah. see the lives that they're living, and the past paths that they've chosen, and whether they read my book or not, they've taken the same bloody journey I have. Yeah. It just took them a couple more years. But yeah. they're there because they're doing now what I was doing then. Yeah. And I watch it with this, this great sense of amusement because I'm just like, yeah, that's so cute. You all thought I was flipping crazy. Yeah, was nuts, but and look at up. you now. <laughs> yeah. But I never say anything. I just, I just go behind and celebrate with them because mm. who am I to judge, yo? It's your journey. You take it exactly. when you want to. Exactly. It's your experience. Mm. I just don't have to hang around and take your abuse while you're telling me that I'm not. So yeah. I'll be over here doing my thing and you figure it out. When you do, you can come over here and play with me. It's about leading it's example, it, isn't it? It's it's um it and it, and it, you know, if somebody if somebody tries to challenge you like that or or hold you back or keep you down, I just use it now to fly higher. I just think, well, you know what? I must be on the right track if if somebody's threatened Absolutely. by what I'm doing. You know, I must Absolutely. be doing right. It's just another challenge. <laughs> no, entirely. If you're sitting in the corner being small, people mm. don't mess with you. They leave you alone because you're not being troublesome. Mm. But, <laughs> but if you can show, demonstrate the connection that they wish they had, whether they know they wish it or not, it, it's irritating. Very yeah. irritating. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they're watching you and you're like, how come everything's flowing for you? Why? What's, what's so special about you mm. over there? Why are you so happy? Having everything. Even if, even if, yeah. To, Why are you so happy? What's up with that? Why can't yeah. I be happy? I don't get it. The whole town is and frowning and you're smiling. What are you doing? What is going what's on here? with you? You're my favorite word. You're you're so Pollyannish. Yes, I am. Thank you. If you actually looked up the meaning of the word and understood the energy behind it, you'd be celebrating people calling you Pollyannish. I just I can't believe people use that towards me as an insult. 
I know. I, I laugh. I, mean, name. I think it's <laughs> bloody hilarious. I'm like, right. yes, I am. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm always glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah then, it's so nice of you to notice. <laughs> then they're convinced you're nuts and leave you alone. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but I mean, it, it's just, it, it's part of the journey. It's part of the game that we play on the journey, you know? I mean, and it, I think some of the best lessons that I've had have been through those times when people have looked at me and said, there's no way. I just can't, I can't subscribe to this, this reality that you've, you've created for yourself. And I'm okay. Sure. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. It's incredible. It's funny though. The minute you, because obviously I, I've kind of had a foot in two, two different worlds for a long time in terms of, you know, on the one hand being a journalist and on the other hand, I suppose like you guys too, and on the other hand being a healer. Well, I'm not even a healer, an empowerer, I guess, or a facilitator of empowerment. That's a good one. A spiritual alchemist, if you like. And, you know, I when I was working for the Mind, Body, Spirit magazine, I was it was safe for me. I could immerse myself in talking about, you know, angels and spirituality all day long, every day. And the people around me were into it too. So I was kind of in this bubble of, you know, spirituality. And recently I've had to go back to, along with doing my therapy work and, and writing my books, I've been doing a bit of freelance magazine journalism work as well. And part of that, I've been taking a few jobs at different places, like back at the old Showbiz magazine I used to work for, and for like Elle magazine, and um, uh, uh, there's a wedding magazine that I've been working for as well. And it's quite interesting. I, it's almost like the universe has plucked me out of my bubble and put me right back in solid, grounded society. And I'm kind—I've kind of gone through this six, probably about eight to nine months now of, oh, I'm not sure I should be talking about angels in this environment. I'm not sure if I should be telling people that this is what I do. And, you know, even even after everything that I've been through and even after all the blessings, I caught myself questioning whether or not I should be open about it, you know, again. And the funniest thing happened today when I was at this wedding magazine, I decided by the way, this week, again, I had my little wake-up call. Actually, I'm just going to be me and, you know, I'm not going to worry about whatever. And it's so freeing, so amazingly freeing not to care what people think of you. And um, without me, I did not start the conversation. But in the middle of this office that I was working in today, somebody said something about having a going to see a, a, a psychic reader and they all started this big discussion. Oh, do you think it's real? And do you think it's this? And do you think it's that? And I was sat there quietly kind of chuckling to myself and then eventually I went, do you guys want to know how it all works? <laughs> and um, all these ears pricked up and everyone turned and looked at me and the whole, for about the next hour, there was a discussion about, you know, and each and every person in that office then started to admit one of them had had a, a mediumistic, a mediumship experience that they'd had a, a deceased loved one come to them and they felt their energy. I was like, well, that's mediumship. Another one had had an, a, a friend of theirs had tried, had 
tried to commit suicide and had had an angelic intervention. I was like, well, that was an angelic intervention. This happens to everyday people all of the time. It's not taboo. And they were all in this office, all these people looking at me like, where did she come from? What is it? How did this kind of come about? And I could feel the angelic energy in the room while we were talking about it. The vibration was lifting and lifting and lifting because it was okay for them to talk about it. It was okay. And it was okay for me to talk about it. In, and I'd kind of, you know, for a few months kind of been going, oh, am I allowed to be myself? And, and I didn't even have to do anything. They did it for me. So I, this is what I love about, you know, I, this is what I love about yeah. an, angelic intervention. They, they, they will just look. See, it's fine. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a perfect example of spiritual alchemy. Yeah. Spiritual yeah. alchemy. Absolutely. Change the energy around you. Change the perception. And, and love it. Being You're in the right place at the right time and, and uh, just noticing, hmm, okay, well, you guys want to know how that works? or Yeah, it was hilarious. The looks on their faces, they were like, oh, I could, this is where I could see the children in them, the little ears pricking up and the, do you know about this stuff? You're the freelancer in the corner there that we haven't noticed the whole time you've been here, you know, <laughs> while we're tottering around in our heels. Yeah. It was hilarious. I was just like, so, our lesson for today is angelic intervention. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the joy in the office for the rest of the afternoon was amazing. It was palpable. You could feel it. Well, of course, because a whole bunch of hearts just lightened up. Mm. That's what enlightenment is, isn't it? Really, just lightening up, yep. getting the burden off your shoulders. Yeah, the the burden of the perceptions of others, or or your perceived notions of the perceptions of others, and that's what it boils down to. You perceive that they are looking at you a certain way, and therefore they're going to keep looking at you that way until you shake it off. Yep, so true. And it's about, as I love it. It's amazing our humanness, like. You know, and, and even, and it doesn't matter how, how far into this I go or how much I learn or how much, you know, enlightenment, it is a journey. It's a process. It's always, you know, and, and sometimes you feel like you've taken a massive step back, but in actual fact, it's like a spiral and you've got to go round and down to go up again. And, you know, I still catch myself. I think, Alex, you've been doing this for so long. You, you, you see, and you speak to angels and you know how to step into that energy and how to live in love and how to use it. And then still sometimes you catch yourself being human and, you know, and going, oh, life's crap and, you know, da, da, da. but humans are awesome because we learn from it. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Exactly. Jacob's Ladder, exactly. the angels going up and down yep. and up and down and up and down. Mm-hmm. They weren't just hanging around at the top waiting for us to get there. No. <clears throat> so awesome. Alexander, you're an absolute joy. I just got it. Oh, you guys. You're the most fun interview I think I've ever done in my life. It's brilliant. <laughs> one, of the, one of my favorite things is rambling on, and you've just allowed me to do it for hours on end. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> genius. Genius comes out of everyday conversation. If we just, like your story, just proved. If we just allow ourselves to open up and talk about the things that we really want to talk about, our brilliance starts peeking through. 
It is what it is. Humans are awesome. You can't stop them from being awesome. They're going to be. Besides, I ran out of blue index cards to write questions on long ago. (laughs) Oh, I see. That's true. Canned Canned questions always come with canned answers. And we like fresh vegetables. No canned goods. Yeah. I can't good. No. And you see here we have spiraled right to this pause point and it's we're just right almost smack on time. Uh so Wow, that the went beauty good. happens. Amazing. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. It really does. This is so much fun. So much fun. So we do want to be sure that everybody knows how to find you uh in the interwebs. Um then I suppose alexandrawinman.com would be a good place they could start. That's the one. Um, I just want to make sure everyone can spell Winman because a lot of people get confused and call me Wenham because um, that's a more common name. But it's W-E-N for November, M for mother, A-N for November, Wenman. It's really easy. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how it sounds, and that makes yeah. trouble. I. My last name is O'Shields. People always uh-huh. ask me how to spell it, and I'm like, yeah. O, o Shields. Shields. <laughs> and, and, and they still don't say it's like, what? <clears throat> no, it's Shields, you know, like Michael runs around with. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've just set up, set myself up to, to do, um, I don't know why I wasn't doing this before, but I'm now doing um, Skype sessions. Skype, I do Skype angel readings and Skype sessions, and... Um, because of the um, the nature of precious wisdom, it's quite amazing. I can actually do the attunement one on one over Skype, and uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty pretty cool. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to hit you up for one of those. You you are <laughs> most welcome to. I would love to get your feedback and see how you uh, you feel afterwards. Because I, one of the things I want to do with it is. Uh, I'm talking to the um, the British Complementary Medical Association about having it set up as an association so that I can eventually teach people to teach it because um, that's what they did oh, with wonderful. Angelic Reiki. Yeah, so An- Angelic Reiki, um, uh, Christine and Kevin Core, when they set that up, got it, I think they, I don't know the process. I, I think I probably have to do a few case studies anyway. So, Jean, you're one of them. <laughs> Yeah! Right on. All right, I love being a guinea pig. That's part of this show is that I get to be a guinea pig. It's awesome. (laughs) By the time I'm finished with you, you'll be golden eagle. Phoenix is rising from the where you already are. (laughs) That's her name, Phoenix. What? Have you been to my blog site? Really? (laughs) Did you pull that out of thin air? I need to know before we hang up. I need to know. Out of thin air. It's my... my, uh, the phoenix is a very big symbol for me as well because it is that symbol for oh, transformation. Rick, <laughs> that's crazy. My my blog site yes. is phoenixrising.blogspot.com. Oh, you're joking? No, I'm not joking, dude. I have I have a giant phoenix on my stomach, tattooed with the word <laughs> on my stomach. Yeah, it's my symbol. It's my it's my totem animal. Yes, oh. I am the phoenix. Yeah. And it's my alter ego. And it took me a while of dancing about, but I, I now live in Phoenix. Wow. So Wow. 
and I've got I've got a big phoenix necklace that I've been wearing all the time because it's just been such a symbol, big golden phoenix. Well, you, oh, I can't wait oh, to send you my book. Oh my god! <laughs> well, we've got it. We'll organize it so that you can um, we can do another Skype session and you can have the attunement. It'd be amazing to 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 have you guys experience it and let me know what you think. Well, that would be Absolutely. awesome. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. That'll be guinea pig any day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All, right. All right. I so, guess we're, we're at time. We ought to let this lovely lady get to bed. Yes. Oh, I can't, I'm not going to be able to sleep now. We've got her all charged up. That's what I was... <laughs> exactly. We, I'll have to do, do a, that. I'll have to do a guided meditation to put myself to sleep because <laughs> I won't be driving. You'll need some calmer suitical. <laughs> I need some calmer suitical, exactly. Yeah, we've, oh, bless we've you had that both. effect Thank before. Thank you so much. This well, has been... Blessings for you and so Absolutely. glad that we were able to get together because this is nothing quite like finding family members again. It's what we call the EC family. Yeah. We make that everyday connection. And uh, so folks, get by and see Alexandra Winman, Win, man, <laughs> just like it sounds. And um, also drop by and visit us at everydayconnection.me. Uh, we've got lots more conversations just like this one. Some three, oh, do we even know anymore how many hours, Gene? Uh, like more than 300 No idea. Or something. It's a bunch no of, idea. We bunches. <clears throat> Lost track. Don't uh, care. Having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. And big news, you know, big stuff coming. Uh, lots more neat stuff. Mm. And uh, The morning show. Yes, the morning show. And it's, you know it's going to be wonderful because Gene and I are both going to, like, get out of bed early and do morning, show up, talk, try to make sense. Um, live. So, yeah. Y'all can yeah. call in and harass us. Right. <laughs> finally right. going to be live again so that so that yeah. you can uh, uh, talk to us. But uh, we'll we'll still be doing these conversations in the evening because they're just precious. Absolutely. And, this is going to be on my iPod. I'm going I'm going to download the whole collection. It's brilliant. It's fantastic because we are on iTunes and and so we are on iTunes absolutely. You can subscribe in there and and uh, whenever there's a new show up, we'll just appear on your iStuffs. Yeah. And um, uh, so we hope that everybody will check that out, and we hope that you will join us again next time. But until then, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Gene and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.
are listening to the Flow Cooperative, bringing you the sounds of an awakening world. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. 